Welcome back to Big Friendly Sports with John Hamm once again here during this Thunder season. Got a very special guest today. It's my friend Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic, from Down to Dunk. Andrew and I go back quite a while. And uh, so uh, I basically I'm going to ask him, you know, hey, um, let's talk about the Thunder. I know a weird topic to talk about on this podcast, but we're going to talk about trades, the concept of trades, why you do a trade, and hey, if they're going to do a trade, um, who might they go after? So we'll talk about that and a lot more here on this show. Before we get going, uh, a big thanks to our sponsors, as always, for this show and others here on Sellout Crowd. That includes MidFirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Jobs, and your Oklahoma Ford dealers. Drive into your best at Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. With that, let's bring in Andrew. Uh, Andrew, you and I have been doing this for a minute. Um, once upon a time, I was your Wednesday cohort on Down to Dunk. Hot ham Wednesdays, my man. That's right. We go back a little bit uh, from there. We went off to uh, to do the OKC Dream Team, which also includes yep. our our friend Brett Dawson here at Sellout Crowd. Uh, but hey, uh, thank you for taking time to come on this platform to come on my grounds and talk about <laughs> basketball. I love it. I love the uh, the change of seats here. Uh, I'm ready to embrace it. <laughs> so you know, look, it's uh, it's a little bit low hanging fruit to go talk about trades. Uh, because for one, it's stuff that gets people excited. Um, just just people thinking through these things, just thinking about change. And mm -hmm. people like you and I kind of have to be like the sensible ones, right? Like just because the Thunder have all these draft picks, that doesn't mean they have to make a trade. It's just like just because Apple has $60 billion in cash in the bank, that doesn't mean they have to go buy a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Um so when we talk about the Thunder making a trade, which is a very popular topic locally and nationally, I think we tend to forget trades are supposed to accomplish something. And usually it's like there's a deficiency somewhere and you need to fix that deficiency. So I'm going to ask you, Andrew, what is, is there anything on this team that is just so glaring that you think, you know what, the Thunder need to go out and take care of this right now? I mean, there's really not like, let's, let's be honest. I mean, this team is at the top of the Western conference. They played really well together. They, they really weren't supposed to be here. Like this is not where this was supposed to go this year. Yeah. And so to, to like trick ourselves into believing that like they need to do something now is it's just not accurate. And I, and I understand that it's really fun. You think about adding these pieces, you know, we all love to play GM. We all love NBA 2K or fantasy sports or whatever it is. And like, the truth is this team just needs time. You know, if the team needs anything, it probably needs another veteran off the bench, which is really just kind of like, Hey, we need somebody with experience. And eventually the guys that are on this team will have the experience. You know, it's, it's really just time. It's like, how do yeah. we steal time somewhere? And perhaps they, they could do that. I, I'm not trying to say that. I don't think they'll do anything at the trade deadline, but what I am saying is that perhaps it's a deal to acquire a player that has had some playoff experience to come in just in case, and not even necessarily to steal minutes right away from, from somebody on this team. Cause 
I mean, you could you could make the argument that like who, whose minutes are they taking? How many minutes is it actually, and is that necessary? You know, I think those are the, the kinds of questions that the Thunder are asking themselves about you know what they're going to do at the trade deadline. So it's more complicated than just hey, you have XX picks. It's time to go make a trade. Here are the guys that are available. Throw throw you know four or five picks at them and just go get them. It's it's more complicated than that, especially when you like get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, how do they actually fit with your team? How do you integrate them into the team this year? And what does that look like? And what's their contract look like? And how much is that? And how much would you have to pay them if they're expired? I mean, there's just there's a lot of questions to be answered rather than just like, can we go get the best guy available? That all sounds really boring, Andrew. I just want to know <laughs> who says no in my hypothetical trait. No, it's, um, you know, obviously a lot of people that are listening right now that have listened to us for any amount of time. We are aware of the Thunder's current status with rebounding. And sure, um, you know, there's going to be some people that that feel like that has to be addressed. And it's something that, you know, I talked about it with Brett on his show very recently. Um a way that that could actually improve from within uh, rather than going outside. And so like, I I feel like the rebounding is, it's talked about a little too much, like, okay, it's a thing, but clearly when you look at what the team's doing, it's not that huge of a hindrance. There is one area you talked about potentially getting another veteran off the bench. Um, Just looking at some stats today, Case and Wallace started off the season shooting a unsustainably high uh, percentage from the field, and that has cooled off considerably since really the beginning of December. Um, but also, kind of flying under the radar, you know, Isaiah Joe over the last twenty-four games, his shooting is forty-two percent over that stretch. He's thirty-three mm-hmm. percent from three on almost five mm-hmm. attempts. You know, it could just be something that he bounces back out of, but do you maybe look at guard play off the bench and say, okay, if if they're going to do something, maybe we need to start thinking about that more than some of these more obvious needs. Yeah. To me, uh, like a guard or a wing off the bench would make some sense. Like to, to get a player that is ready to play now that has played playoff minutes. I, I think that there are some names out there that are interesting and, as we know with this Thunder team, like a guard and a wing is kind of like, it's it's all kind of the same. And the amount of, of guys that they have that can play you know point guard position already on the team, it really just honestly necessitates just a, another wing, in my opinion. And so it's just, can you add another wing to this group? How much does it cost to get that guy? I, I think there are a lot of intriguing names uh, that are out there that I think would fit here that you could acquire at the trade deadline. And I, I honestly think they should do that just because I do think there's an opportunity in the West to make some real noise. And if you can just have the one more guy, whether in, and honestly, like some of the names that we'll bring up, people are gonna be like, really? Like they're taking time out of their day to talk about that guy. (laughs) But I, I do think that you need to give the guys that are on the roster a chance before you just take their minutes away. Because yeah. you don't just get here by mistake, you know, like all, all these guys that have contributed have contributed at a high level for this team. And so to just trade for somebody to take their spot it, and we don't know, like the guy that they acquire, maybe he doesn't shoot the ball well either. You right. know, like what, like what are we, then what do you do? Yeah. You know, 
So, so I do think that there are some names, but I, I do, I think that it requires a, a few different things. Like one, it needs to be somebody that is a reserve because I don't necessarily think that they're looking to acquire a starter or like really change up anything with the starting lineup, you know, as of now, uh, not to say that that couldn't be changed in the next like 18 months or something. It could be, but for now, I think they don't want to change anything. And then is that player going to be okay if they don't play at all? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, is it okay if like, we just have this like veteran reserve who may end up playing a lot. Like Derek Fisher ended up playing a ton for the thunder, like way more than I think we anticipated. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being a, a pretty good thing for them. Like a player like that, where it's, Hey, they're going to come in. They're going to play this small role. Can it expand? Sure. But can it get smaller because other guys are stepping up? Sure. Like th- those are the kinds of guys that I, that I tend to think of with this group. So as we're looking, just, you know, looking around the league, I trying to identify opportunities, right? We're trying to get inside the mind of these other teams. You know, where are they going? What do they need? Who might be available? Things like that. Um, whether it's a starter or a reserve, who do you look at? Because you published a list recently of 45 guys, and you could probably publish 45 more if you really dug into it. Mm-hmm. Sort of pie in the sky, realistically. We know that, you know, you're not trading for Giannis or Jokic or, you know, just like Shea's not available via trade. Uh, right. Alert everyone. Realistically, if you could you make a case for like your pie in the sky guy that you'd like to see them go after if he was available? Yeah, I think Cameron Johnson from the Nets is is the one that I think he's not necessarily a starter. Um, could come off the bench. Big six foot eight wing. I could play both the three and the four that can really shoot the basketball. Uh, he he has a really good contract too that I think that you could see him in Oklahoma City for the foreseeable future. That to me is like the pie in the sky player. I, I think also like his teammate Mikael Bridges is one, but that's a starter, and you're gonna have to give up starting level assets to get him. So like then we're talking probably Josh Giddy probably case and Wallace and probably multiple first round picks to get him um, because I just don't think they're even that interested in moving him. And the, and the reason I target the nets is like the nets are not very good and they're in a place where they're going to have to make some decisions on, with these guys. And, and the decision could ultimately be ultimately be, and probably will be that they're going to keep those guys and they'll trade the other fringe kinds of players. But if you were to go to them and say like, Hey, we give you three first round picks and like expiring contracts for Cam Johnson. You know, perhaps perhaps that pries him away and uh, because you know there's there's even games where he doesn't close for them. Yeah. You know, where Cam doesn't right. even close for him. He wasn't closing for them yesterday. So I think that there's an opportunity there and and it's not hard to envision how a guy like Cam Johnson could fit with the Thunder. I mean, the guy shoots the lights out. I think he's a really intelligent player played in college for several years and like knows how to play within a system. I think it would take some time for him to acclimate to the thunder, especially the way they play offense. Cause he's never really played for a team like this before, but I think that he could be one to me. That's like, Hey, a true difference maker that would cost a considerable amount. Not like, I don't think you're gonna have to give up any, any great player in a deal like that. But I, th- I think that, that that's the kind of player that I think if, if we're really shooting for the stars, that's like the caliber of player I'd want to add to the squad. 
Yeah, I mean, Bridges is obviously very interesting. That would also require really shaking up a rotation that, frankly, is is working very well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're, you're sort of just making a trade just to make a trade in that case. Although, I you know, Bridges is really enticing, but I think the asking price might be too high. I could see Brooklyn, who I think as of this recording, they're like 3-12 and 12 in their last 15 games. Weirdly, one of those wins against the Thunder. Um, right. A dominating win against the Thunder, in fact. Yeah, it was weird. But, uh, you know, I, I, I could see them saying, we want to hang on to Bridges because we're going to try to get the next guy. And yeah. if they do go out and collect draft picks from OKC for a guy like Cam Johnson, that gives them more ammo to compete against, you know, a New York or a Miami or mm-hmm. you know, some of these other teams that are loaded up. So I think that that does make quite a bit of sense. And then, you know, Johnson's contract... 25.7 this season it goes down the next two seasons before it comes right back up and you know for a thunder team that is that is on target it's on track to get very expensive soon uh that would fit in pretty well yeah and as far as like the salary that would go back to the i mean that, that's where like the davis Breton deal I, I still don't do you have like a clear explanation as to why they even amended his deal? Cause he's already kind of met the criteria for what it would have taken for him to, for his contract to, to have all those triggers. Yeah. To, I don't quite, I don't quite get what happened there, but anyways, Bertans would have to be in the deal for sure. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know for sure because I can't think of a like salary cap logistical reason for mm-hmm. amending that. It, this is this is a little bit of a tinfoil hat thing. Mm-hmm. It could be just because it was like a games played criteria, maybe just to get in front of that and just to make sure that there was going to be no hand wringing along the way. Maybe it was yeah. worthwhile to just amend that. But again, that's that's just a guess because I can't think of any like salary cap related reason to go in and do that. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. Um, you could send them Poku and Trey Man. And ultimately, like this is this is a deal for cap relief in a way for for Brooklyn to save them some cash. I think actually you could just trade first rounders, Bertans, and then like a smaller contract. You could do it even save some Quite honestly, I mean that there's enough of a salary trade buffer there. You could do just Bertans because you can take back like. You know, his salary plus, I think, $7.5 million to get there. So, and yeah. again, this is, the tra- this is the trade checker in my brain, not the one on ESPN or somewhere else. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, what, what, if the, uh, what if the Nets were like, okay, we, we need a prospect back. We need two first-round picks. And I wouldn't include like the unprotected Clippers 26. Like that's one that I'm just like, no, like you're not getting that. Uh But two first rounders, Bertans and Jang for Cam Johnson, I think is something like that. That works money wise. It still saves the Nets about almost 4 million bucks. I think there's like, I think there's something there. And then it's like, hey, now you have this prospect that's on a rookie scale deal that you could develop in Brooklyn. You've got these extra picks. You could even include Oos in a trade for another star, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's a prospect. Um, and then Cam, who's, you know, a little bit older, who's more of an established player. 
you know, I think could, could come to a situation. And, you know, I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, Cam would like to play for a team like Oklahoma City. Like he, like he likes this team and has not been shy about it. Um, An NBA player wants to play in Oklahoma City. It, do we need to send up the the, the alarm, the breaking news alert? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, it seems crazy, but he he's twenty seven. Like he's ready to contribute now. Yeah, he's played in some playoff series. You know, went to the NBA Finals with the Phoenix Suns. It's just USA a lot of basketball. It's it, it's a small yeah. thing, but like he's been in the USA basketball program. Yeah, and. To me, he he just makes a lot of sense. And if you could, and, and maybe they wouldn't, maybe they would demand it be Casey Wallace. In which case, I would probably say no, right? Because I just, I have a belief in Casey Wallace that's just like through the roof. Yeah. Um, but if it's not, and if you could trade picks and get somebody like that, you know, the guy shooting thirty nine percent from three on six attempts per game, like that's the kind of guy that I think you need here. He's he's not going to solve your rebounding problem. Um, but I do think like he he's a smart enough player to play within Mark De- Mark Dignall's offense and can just contribute off the bench as a shooter. And then eventually, like maybe you decide that like he he's a better fit at the four than Giddy is in the starting lineup, and you can it just gives you flexibility at that point. Yeah. But I I think that there's something there. I for the record, I don't think something this big will happen this year, but. To me, that's like the perhaps the ceiling of how high we could get with a trade, and and honestly, it would all be because Brooklyn is so bad that they just feel like okay, we need to do something yeah. to you know help the future of this franchise. Right. Yep. It all makes a lot of sense. Um, so stepping down a little bit, um, if if you can't get Cam Johnson, and you have to think a little more economically, realistically, whatever, you know, whatever verb makes sense. Um, who's your next target? Who can you make the case for that OKC needs to go out and get in order to address some need for this team? Yeah, pro- probably the next guy that I would have said a few weeks ago would have been Kelly Olenek from the Jazz, but the, the Jazz are good now. Suddenly, like, one of the hottest teams in the league. And so... I love the league. I love how teams just suddenly just turn when it looks like they're going nowhere. You know, like the, yeah. th- the Thunder were kind of that last season and then they turned it around. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And the Thunder weren't going to give up any like key rotation players. Why would Utah sure. at this point? You know, yeah. he plays 20 minutes a game for them. You know, so it's not an insignificant amount of time. And I just don't see them moving him at the deadline, to be honest. Yeah. And so that would have been the guy, but I, I think that he's probably off the board. With that said, I think I think Gordon Hayward is a really interesting option for the Thunder. He is clearly old and clearly not a healthy man when it comes to <laughs> playing basketball. Uh, but this is like this is the low risk kind of deal that I was talking about at the start of this, where you honestly probably don't even have to give up any draft picks to get him because there's there's probably going to be some kind of buyout that happens with him if he's not traded Mm -hmm. and so you could do Berton's Trey and Poku for Gordon Hayward that works it saves the Hornets six million dollars it gets Gordon to a team that's competitive 
it's he meets the criteria of what I was talking about earlier. Can he play? Um, sure. Is it okay if he doesn't play? Also, yes, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like he can be a towel waiver, or he can be your seventh or eighth guy. I can yeah. see a world where both happen. He's he's a big wing, six foot eight, good passer, smart player, can shoot, can pass, do all that. He fits great with what the Thunder want to do, and it's on this like big fat expiring contract. You basically say like, "Hey Hornets, we're going to save you six million dollars. We're going to let you try Trey Man. Can do whatever you want to do with Poku." And, you know, the Thunder get what could be a quality rotation player, or he could just be injured for the rest of the year, yeah. and, and he just sits there, and the Thunder, you know, wasted $6 million. <laughs> you know, it's really just like, would you pay $6 million for the chance to have Gordon Hayward on your team for the rest of the season? And like, and, th- and that, as you know, Ham, is like, that's an ownership question from there. Mm-hmm. It's not even really like a Presti question. <laughs> You know, sure. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't right. And that like they would have to go to ownership and say, hey, what about paying six million dollars just to have Gordon Hayward on our team for the rest of the year? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be to that. But I do think that he's somebody that could help this squad. And I think somebody that, you know, I think Mark would play him. And he's he's been. He's been not healthy recently, but had played quite a few games for the uh, the losing Charlotte Hornets. Um, let's see. Where is he? He's played 25 games, yeah. shooting 36% from three. He's like 14-4-4 on the season with a steal per game. And like his, his role would be so much less. I mean, he played 32 minutes per game for them. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, there's no chance you play that much for the Thunder. I just see a match there with him. I could see it. I could see it working here in a way. He has a, a left calf strain currently, and is supposed to be back pretty soon from that. Yeah. But there's always something with Gordon Hayward, as as we know. Yeah, um, there is. And you know, the the first comp that comes to mind is like Paige Stoyakovic in Dallas. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Sure. You know. Uh, yeah. Not not saying the Thunder are going to have that type of result because the Mavericks won the title that year, but like mm-hmm. Stoyakovich came in and played a good role for the Mavericks the rest of the season and towards like deep in the playoffs was not playing when they went on mm-hmm. to win the title. So mm-hmm. um, that one's really interesting. So, okay, those are guys that we've heard of, Andrew. Yep. Um, who's your boring t- trade target? Like someone that maybe fans are like, who and why? But who is your completely <laughs> boring uh, trade target that, probably is going to be the guy the Thunder wind up with when all said and done. Oh, there's a lot of them, Ham. <laughs> I've been through a lot of names here. Uh, I think Denny Avdia is kind of a boring name that like just signed a new deal. It's a controllable contract. If you're willing to give up like a, a nice first rounder for him, you could probably get him be a forward off the bench that like, I don't know exactly like what he's good at like what is denny avdia's nba skill like he's kind of good at everything like he he definitely meets that jeff green corollary where it's you know what what is he actually good at i mean that's that's definitely one of them um i i don't think the mavs would give up maxi kleba but i like that idea too as a Mm -hmm. big Mm -hmm. um can we give back mike muscala you know from detroit 
I mean, probably. Yeah. You know, if you if you'd be willing to give them a second round pick, you could probably bring Moose home. Uh, I wonder about Santi Aldama in Memphis as well as kind of like this big tweener forward that can shoot it a little bit. Um, I don't know that the, the Thunder would be interested in getting into the the Moses Moody business, but he could probably be had as like if the Thunder want to jump in as a third team in a in a trade that is inevitably going to happen in Golden State this year. Um, <laughs> That's definitely a guy that I like. Yeah. Uh, even Dario Saric, like getting getting him back. Hey, you know, from Saric Golden State, is not a bad not a bad target to think about. Um, you know, he in his twenty game stint last season, he exhibited some of the things that really fit into the Thunder mold a little bit more than what Muscala could offer. And mm-hmm. you know, what direction are the Warriors going in? They're starting him like next to Kevon Looney on the front line yeah. now for some reason. And like, I don't yeah. know. It's not a bad target to re- to consider trying to bring back. Yeah. I think those kind of guys, I mean, I think that when we think about players that could be on this team that are on another team, can they shoot pass and dribble? It's like the first question. And if they don't do it, do they do any? Do they do one of those or two of those well enough to where you could fit them in? Because mm-hmm. it's really not it's not easy. I, I think that the Thunder's offense does a good job of accentuating what a lot of these guys do well, but it's also not an easy offense to fit into. Look at I think Trey Mann's like case in point. Well, he's one of the most talented players on the team. He's like one of the best. Like he has one of the best handles. He has the best step back on the team. He is a good shooter. He can do all these like basketball things, but he is not fit in with the way the Thunder play. Yeah. And like he sits because he doesn't fit with the way that they play. Isaiah Joe, a much less skilled player than Trey Mann, a guy who's had to fight his way into the NBA, fits the way the Thunder want to play and knows how to do it. And he's got, and, he, and as a result, he's picked up that role. And Trey Mann, who was a first round pick, Highly thought of prospect can't, yeah. You know, Trey Mann may go on to have a really nice NBA career somewhere else, but it's not going to be here because he doesn't fit the way the Thunder want to play. Yeah. And so, do these other players fit? Uh, Royce O'Neal is another boring answer. I think Royce O'Neal could fit with the Thunder. He's tough. He can pass. He can shoot it a little bit. He can defend guys that are a little bit bigger than him. He's expiring. If he wanted to go off somewhere else after the season, you would feel fine just saying sayonara to him. So there's, it's those kind of guys that one could fit into the Thunder offense and fit in quickly because we forget like the trade deadline's not halfway through the season. You're closer to three fourths of the way through the season once you hit the trade deadline. Yep. And then it's, you're going to have, if you acquire a starter, like a lot of people talk about like Markinen or whoever that, those things aren't going to happen. But if they did acquire a starter, it's it's not easy. Ask the ask the uh, the Clippers if it was easy to get everything started with James Harden. Right. It wasn't. You know, it ended up working out for them really well, and it's working right now. But for like the first two weeks, it was like, man, what a mistake they made. They're horrible now. They'll never get on track. Blah blah blah. You know. <laughs> and it's ended up working out just fine. But yeah, you know, by the time that you get to the trade deadline, you have even less time to get acclimated and to figure it out. So there, there are a lot of things that Thunder have to think about when they head into the trade deadline. And that's why I gravitate toward the, 
Royce O'Neal's and Gordon Hayward's and Sharich and, and guys like that, that I think you could bring in and perhaps they don't have to have a big role on this team ever, honestly. But like those are all guys that you trust that could play in, in the offense that Mark wants to run. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, largely I just I sort of want the trade deadline to be over so we can sort of move on and really focus on what this Thunder team is rather than hypotheticals. That's still that's not going to stop all people. They're going to be thinking about post July one trades. I get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it never stops him. <laughs> but the, maybe uh, there's, a, there's a little bit the of a churn never it. stops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um Exciting. We got to go to then. We got to go to buyout guys, Ham. After That's the trade right. deadline, it's like who's getting bought out? Could the Thunder actually get Andre Drummond after he was bought out Ooh. from the Bulls? What kind you know? of a robust buyout market will will there be? Oh, I can't dude, gonna, I cannot wait to hear the word robust after the that's that's the that's the word of of the NBA after the trade deadline is you know what I believe there's going to be a pretty robust buyout market. So yeah, what are you guys talking about? Like, what's the last like buyout candidate to actually help a team? Like, yeah. it just never happens. But weirdly it enough, will be ro- it will be robust. Russell Westbrook, that's about the last guy I can think of that. Yeah. came in and made a super significant lasting impact on a team. The other ones just sort of do a thing or two. And yeah. if even that. So, yeah. Yeah, even Westbrook like like is he going to help them win a title? Well, you know. That's yeah. Totally different uh different question, but uh, but you know yeah. again, to his credit, like he came in and and the Clippers needed him to come and produce last season, but that's unusual to see someone, mm-hmm. you know, change teams via buyouts and actually come in and make some kind of a lasting impact. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't plan on doing many pods about the buyout market just so people yeah. are aware. Um, I, I do come, come listen to down to dunk. We're doing, it's going to be so robust. Yes. You can hear Andrew, of course, on down to dunk. You can hear uh, him with me and Brett and Michaela Barra and Joe Masato on the OKC dream team. Um, we're all over the place. So uh, thanks to Andrew for taking some time today. Uh, thanks to Jacqueline Musgrove for producing this pod. Thanks to Michael Lane for all of his production work. Thanks to everyone in the sellout crowd crew uh, for making this happen. Uh, take care, everyone. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Two, one. Here we go!